Uh, I'm, th- I'm going to play a prophecy. It's about 17, 18 minutes long. And we just come out of our prayer meeting down in Thomaston. And this came forth Thursday night, probably about 30 minutes into the prayer. And God's talking to us if we can hear. Do you hear what I said? God's talking to us if we can hear. But ain't everybody going to hear. That's the reason the Word says, let him that have ears. We ain't talking about these things hung on the side of our head. You got to have spiritual ears. You got to have spiritual eyes. And you got to let the Spirit of the Lord open your understanding to what God's doing. Your heart is your spirit, man. It ain't this thing beats in your chest. It's your spirit, man. And that's what gives you understanding. That's what gives you spiritual vision. No matter how much natural uh, wisdom and understanding you have, Lord said, there's not many men that are wise that I choose. He said, I choose the foolish things. So if you ever look at me and think I'm funny looking, just remember I'm one of God's foolish things. But he said, I've chosen those foolish things to confound the wise. And I'm going to tell you, when the Word of God really starts being revealed and is expounded, people that think they're so smart about God's Word, it'll tie them up in knots. It'll make them feel stupid. Because God in His simplest is wiser I mean, God, it is very simplest. It's wiser than all these educated people. Because people don't understand He created man. And, you know, I was, I was telling somebody the other day, I think I was talking to my wife, because, you know, I have people that uh IM me and text me on Facebook, and they'll text me and tell me something. I said, don't people understand that I I walk with God and I've got discernment? And I just had somebody text me something here the other day. And they just flat out text me a lie. I mean, just I knew it because I discerned it by the Spirit. Now, if you're a Christian, you ain't got no business lying. You especially ain't got no business telling me a lie because I'll pick up on it in a heartbeat. I mean, I reached a place one time in my relationship with God, and I can still do it when the Lord turns it on. I am be standing there talking to you, and you can be telling me one thing, but I can hear the thoughts of your heart. And it can be something completely different. So you better be careful what you say. I tell people all the time, get around me, you better be careful what you say and do. Because I was preaching a service at our church in Alabama one night, and I was expounded on something, and I walked down the aisle, and I walked by a sister sitting there, and I discerned the thoughts of her heart, and it was in conflict with what I just said. I backed up, and I changed the way I was talking, and I spoke the very thing she just thought in her heart, Brother Brian, and I looked at her, and I said, ain't that right? She said, yeah. <laughs> but see, the Lord let me, Jesus perceived people's thoughts all the time. He said he perceived the thoughts of their hearts. He perceived the thoughts of their spirit, man. So, uh you going to get around me and think things. You better put your tinfoil hat on where it won't translate and transmit. <laughs> because I'm liable to pick up on them. 
But I appreciate the Lord. I tell you, uh, the prayer was a great fight in the Spirit, but it brought a great working of the Holy Ghost. Brought a great deliverance. And, you know, there are people that are around me don't know. Uh, but, man, I've been in a great warfare for ever since the first of the year. Just in line, the force of Satan had come down and tried to get me to quit. And, man, I mean, I'd battle it. People didn't even know I was battling. And my wife knew and uh, one or two other people around me. But I'm going to tell you something. That that work into the spirit down there, it, it broke something wide open. Because I was, I mean, me and, me and Satan was locked in a warfare. Man, we're battling tooth and nail. I said, well, Brother Metter, you said, look, I can preach. I can prophesy. I can cast out devils. I can lay hands on the sick. I just call I get in a battle, I ain't gonna quit going. You don't have to worry about me letting down as long as there's strength in my body. Uh I'm gonna speak the word, I'm gonna do what God's called me to do. I may be doing it through a great upheaval and warfare in my spirit, but the devil ain't gonna win. There's two two words in my spiritual vocabulary that I don't believe in, and that's can't and quit. I don't believe in can't and God all things are possible. Amen. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Gospel of Luke says. For with God nothing should be impossible. All things are possible to him that believeth. And I don't believe in the word can't. I don't believe in the word quit. There ain't no place to quit. I've had people tell me, well, I'm just going to quit. I said, you're going to quit what? I'm going to quit serving God. I said, okay, then what are you going to do? Devil beating your brains out now and you gonna give up and quit? What's your plan B? What you gonna do when you quit? You think devil's harassing you now and you doing everything you can or, or, or most of the time they're gonna quit cause they don't have a relationship with God. You ain't gonna find anybody that has got a real relationship with God and got a love for God and won't serve God. Uh, those words quit ain't gonna come out of their mouth. It ain't going to come out of their mouth. I've only uttered those words one time in my life. And I was in a long fast uh, back in the 80s. And that's before we had these cell phones. And so I was uh, about 200 miles from home. And I'd go and drink me a uh, maybe a cup of hot tea or something of an evening. Uh, go out, you know, and buy me a cup of hot tea. And I'd call my wife from the payphone. And I was talking to her one night, and I said, well, if God don't move for me, because I think, I think I was over 40 days. And I said, if God don't move for me, I'm just going to quit. She said, you mean you're going to break your fast? I said, no, I'm going to quit preaching. She said, I ain't never heard you talk like this. I said, I ain't never felt like this. I said, but you fast, you pray, you kill yourself. And I said, you go and minister to people, and God lifts them up and strengthens them. I said, two or three weeks, you're right back in the same mess. I said, it just, it just seems like I'm wasting my time. And sometimes it does. Paul said, I'm afraid of you because I feel like I've bestowed upon you labor in vain. And I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to preach to you and work with you, and, and I want to see some growth. Amen? Because if you ain't growing, I feel like I ain't doing my job because it's up to me to lead you and guide you and direct you. But somewhere you got to put your hand to the plow, too. Amen. You know, we, we gotta, 
uh, kind of a southern, I don't know, I wouldn't call it slang, but, you know, I've heard it growing up because I've grown up in the south. Uh, I'm going to learn you a thing or two. No, you ain't going to learn him, but you're going to teach. But it's up to them to learn. You can't make nobody learn. You can teach. And I think I'm a good teacher. Amen. I think I can teach people because I have people all over the country that I've uh, taught the word to them. And I get testimonies all the time. Brother Matter, you changed my life. The word you preach, the way you minister, what you've done. And, and a lot of them, they're now mamas and daddies in their 30s and 40s, but they were teenagers and young. And God, God impacted their lives. And, and it changed them, put them on a, a course to serve God. And, you know, I feel good about that. But that ain't man's goal. Man's goal is to possess the kingdom. Man's goal is to lead you into the kingdom. And I was talking to somebody the other, uh, probably down there in the meeting. I said, you know, I said, I've served God, uh, 40 something years and preached by as long as I've been serving God. And I said, but, uh, here last year, I said, I preached on reconciliation. And I said, first time in all the years that I'd been saved, I said, you don't hear anybody preach on reconciliation. They'll preach salvation. They'll preach repentance. They'll preach healing. But to get somebody to preach reconciliation and tell people that God wants to reconcile them back to where man was created, you don't hear it. Because it's not been preached, it's not been revealed. People think all you're supposed to do is get folks saved and then they sit in church and wait for the Lord to come or wait to go to die and go to heaven. Uh-uh, not me. I want to be reconciled back to where God created man in the authority and power of the kingdom. Because when God created Adam and Eve and put them on earth, that was the kingdom. That was the kingdom because they had total dominion, total authority over everything. And that's where I want to be. I don't want to go back to the 50s. I was raised in the 50s. We had great healing revivals. And uh, who was it I was talking to the other day? I think it was my sister. Uh, she was uh, born in 1960. but She was born where my dad had a church. And he had a church. I don't know if any of y'all know where Buford, Georgia is. But daddy had a church in Buford, Georgia uh, from the time I was about five or six years old, the time I was about seven or eight there just two or three years he had a church there we had a man come in show a missionary film there was a missionary back in the 40s and 50s named T.L. Osborne you might have heard of him if you don't you can check him out but that man went to Africa and places like that and he had preached to crowds of 250 and 300,000 I mean just open air crusades and uh, she was telling me she got a hold of the videos or something some of the old videos and she was watching he, she said man she said, that man had miracles. It said, uh, he'd just pray a, prayer, a mass prayer. And God had healed five or ten thousand. I said, yeah. I said, he wrote a book. God spoke to him. I, I said, and he wrote a book. I read it when I was in Bolivia in uh, 1986. Me and my wife went with another minister to Bolivia. And in Bolivia, a man had a tent up. And we preached 25,000 people a night seated. Didn't we, Lisa? And people standing around the tent, and we had great... She was praying for people blind eyes and deaf ears, and God was healing them. There was just a spirit of faith in there. But a man gave me a book while I was down there, and it was called Healing... What was it? Healing in Mass or Healing for the Masses? 
something like that. But anyway, how he was trying to pray for everybody, lay hands on them in a crusade of like 200,000. And he's killing himself physically. You can't pray for 200,000 people a night. You kill yourself. And the Lord told him, he said, I can kill one. He said, I can kill 10,000. Just as easy as you can lay hands on and ask me to heal one. He said, if you believe, he said, pray the prayer of faith for me in mass. And he said, I can heal 10,000. And he walked out there the next night and raised his hands and started praying for the sick, Sister Deborah. And he said, man, people started coming out of wheelchairs, crutches and canes started going everywhere. Blind eyes started seeing. And God showed him that you could speak that word through faith. And you can get 10,000 healed just quick as you can get one healed. And I've been in India and prayed for 15,000, 20,000 a night and stand in the prayer line for three hours and people come by and just put your hands on them. And finally you get so tired, you're saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. But I, I mean, their faith, you know, would demonstrate miracles. I'd take some deaf mutes or a blind eye or something, pray for them. And they'd see God heal them. And I'd say, now, you come through this line, I'm going to put my hand on you. God's going to do the same thing for you. And we'd have miracles that way. But you, you wear yourself out. You wear yourself out. Give an altar call. Uh, you can have, uh, depending on your crowd, 75, 80% of your crowd come and accept Jesus and, and, and come out of idolatry. Well, I will spend uh, most uh, from the early 90s, uh, I think, Three or four years, I went to India, and we'd be in India 30 and 40 days, and, and we'd, we'd see a million souls saved in the Crusades over a 30-day period. I mean, there'd be 10, 15, 20,000 a night and preach like that for 30 days. You, you win a million souls, see a million souls saved and come to Jesus. But at the same time, you see a million saved, there's a million more born in their place over in those countries. I'm serious. They have about a million people a month born in those countries like China and India. That's why they populate so quick. But, you know, but the Lord, just as, just as easy as you can pray the prayer for them and get them to accept Christ, you can pray prayer for them and God will heal them. So we need to, and, and I was telling them, uh, I said, get that book. I was telling my sister, get that book, see if you can find that book. I said, that'll, that'll help you faith. And boy, it helped mine. I mean, it helped mine. And, I believe we're coming to that place. I believe we're coming to that place. That uh, He said, well, see, if you ask in my name, he said, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Well, where's the Son? In here. Where's the Father? In the Son. <laughs> Amen. John, know the fullness of the Godhead dwells in the Son. Anybody with me? fullness of God dwells in the Son. Because when Jesus, after resurrection, appeared to his disciples, go read the book of Matthew, said he commanded the eleven before he was crucified, told them a certain mountain to go to after he was crucified, and he met with the eleven in that mountain and appeared to them and said, all power now in heaven and in earth, right here. Right here. And when you get the fullness of the Son in you, you got the fullness of the Father in you. That's where we're going to be able to do what we're going to do. Amen. But I want to play this prophecy. And I didn't get into about the only scriptures. I didn't get into about the first five minutes or so. I just didn't have time. Because we didn't get back in until almost midnight Friday night. 
And then we had things we had to do yesterday, and then we got in up here about 9.30 last night, and I went to bed. <laughs> I was tired, I tell because we spent Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday twice a day in prayer. And I'm going to tell you something. You really wrestle in the Spirit, it'll whip you. It'll whip you physically. People don't know. the uh, and, and Brother Justin went down there with us. It was me and uh, Brother Michael Harris, our pastor in Fort Payne. And Brother Justin went down there. And we'd come in for morning prayer. We'd get a bite to eat. And we'd come in for morning prayer. And every one of us lay down. And just said, I don't take a nap. I said, you've been taking one since you've been down here. Because <laughs> you'd wrestle those powers and those forces. And you'd have to lay down a couple hours and rest. So, but we come out victors. Amen. We come out with victory. And I believe y'all going to tell by this prophecy. I'm going to have my wife play it. Just listen to it. And then we'll go over the scriptures from it. Uh What I've gotten into. And I'll try to finish it up this week. I'll try to get the prophecy written down. But you take a 15, 20-minute prophecy and you sit down and transcribe it, you're going to spend four or five hours just transcribing. At least you all with me because all I know how to do is hunt and peck. <laughs> Took typing in school, learned how to type, could type 70, 75 words a minute, didn't use it for 30 years, and so now I'll know how to do is hunt and peck. So it takes a while. But I'm going to get her to play this prophecy. Go ahead, Lisa. And y'all just, uh, please give you, give your heart to it and listen to it. <laughs> For even I, the Lord, would speak unto thee, my people. And I would have thee to know that ye have come to the days of the turnings of things upside down. For even as I poured out my spirit at Pentecost and I sent, my ministers forth, and the word soon went out that these men that have turned the world upside down and come unto our city also. For day of great visitation has begun in the earth. Great signs and wonders and miracles that no other generation has ever walked in is now upon thee. For I've spoken in my word, and I spoke, yea, to thy servant here. And I said, regard ye among the heathen, and wonder marvelously. For I shall begin to do a marvelous work and a wonder, that though it be declared to you, you shall not believe it. Believe ye, my people, and know. For I, God, now does move in thy nation, and I turn thy government upside down. I turn thy government upside down, and I root out. Yea, the hindering forces that would hinder this nation would be coming forth in a spirit of revival and prayer. If my people which are called by my name shall hear my voice, yea, shall hearken to my word, and shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. It's time to lay aside every sin. Yea, in the way that does so easily beset thee, my children. Lay it aside, lay it aside. And come lie in the altars, come seek my face. That she may be counted worthy to be a part of this great visitation. For great upheaval, great shaking. For I shake America in the natural life. Yea, like she's not been shook. Yea, I will arise terribly and shake the earth. 
earth side. With mighty earthquakes side. Yea, that will go 10, 11, and 12 points side. And I shall get this nation's attention now. And yea, a spiritual shaking now does now come now. Yea, a spiritual shaking does now come now. Wrestle now. Fight. Hold on, contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. For I say unto thee that all that cannot be shaken shall remain. For this is a time of a shaking of the victory. This is a time that I shall shake ministries. And I shall shake churches and congregations. And I shall shake. And you shall know that the mighty hand of God does shake and uproot and bring it upheaval. And all that shall seek my face and be grounded in a relationship with me, yea, they shall hold on and come forth because I pour out of my spirit, yea, upon all flesh, on my sons and my daughters. Prepare my children. Prepare for a great visitation. For the spirit of prophecy, yea, the spirit of Moses and Elijah, yea, that I have spoke of, that I said I would pour out of my spirit on my sons and my daughters and they shall prophesy yea they shall speak my word and I shall show ye signs in the heavens above wonders in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke these signs shall just not happen but thy sons and my daughters shall be baptized yea in a spirit of prophecy yea for I Jesus yea even I have the testimony that I have the spirit of prophecy for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and as my spirit is poured out into thy sons and daughters they shall prophesy like Elijah and Moses they shall prophesy great signs in the heavens above great wonders in the earth beneath shall break forth blood and fire and vapor of smoke yea and I shall judge sin and I shall purge sin out of the camp I shall purge it out of my house I shall purge it out of my people for know ye and believe that judgment has now begun at my house, saith God, for great visitation, great stirring, great awakening, and a greater outpouring of my spirit than any generation has never known. Yea, even I, the Lord, pour out the former rain on thee. Yea, and I restore back the foundation. But I did not say that I would just pour out the former rain. I said unto thee, by my servant Joel, that I have given thee the former rain moderately. But I will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. There must be a going forth. Yea, the foundation must be laid. But then there is a going forth into the rains and then the latter rains, which is the fullness of Christ dwelling inside of a chosen generation and a chosen people. Yea, for a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood made in the order of Melchizedek shall now step on the Nothing shall hinder, nothing shall stop, nothing shall slow down this mighty move, for thy nation, my children, is shaken, it's shaken naturally, it's shaken spiritually, yea, and it's shaken our government, for I root up, I pull down, 
Yea, I take hold as my people pray and seek my face, sight, and present their bodies unto me a living sacrifice, sight. How the Lord will move in, sight. And it is now time, sight, that I, the Lord, spoke by my servant Paul, sight. And I told my people, ye know in part, sight. Ye prophesy in part, ye understand in part, sight. But when that which is perfect is come, sight. Yea, that which is in part shall be done away with, sight. Ye walked in part, my children, sight. You work in my spirit in part. You prophesied in part. You worked out in the gifts and the anointing in part. But now, uh, the perfection, the completing, the maturity of the Christ, uh, to step in, uh, and yea, you shall put away childish things, uh, and you shall come forth uh, in the full resurrected power uh, of the Christ. Uh, for even as Paul wrote, I want to know him uh, in the fellowship of his sufferings and the power uh, of his resurrection. Get ready, my people. Uh, yea, purge thy hearts, purge thy minds, cry out uh, for my blood to purge thee, cry out for my spirit to try thee, uh, and I shall bust loose, uh, yea, upon this generation. Uh, but knowest I that this younger generation, yea, thy sons and thy daughters, thy kids and thy grandkids, shall even be baptized in an anointing that the earth has never seen. They shall be baptized in a power and an authority. And they shall speak like the anointing of Moses. They shall speak with the spirit of Elijah. And this is the spirit that I said would come on them because I said I would pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. This is not the gift of prophecy, but this is the spirit of prophecy. And yea, I have promise the restoring of all things. For I said I have spoken by the mouth of all of my holy prophets since the world began of the restoration of all things. And he enter in this night to the beginning of the restoration of all things saith God. Hear my voice. I've heard your prayers. You've been crying for restoration. You've been crying for a moving and a working of my spirit. And I loose it in the heavens tonight. I loose it in the heavens tonight. O ye four winds of the heavens, blow. Blow as ye did by the word of Ezekiel. Blow, blow, blow. And bring forth the outpouring of my spirit. Yea, even as ye blew in on Pentecost. Yea, blow in now. Blow in now in a greater measure. Blow in now. And hear ye my word. Hear ye the working of my spirit. For the power that I poured out on Pentecost and to do my servants with power on high is but a drop in the bucket to that that I'm prepared to bring forth now. Hear my word, my children. Hear my voice. Know that I, God, have stepped into thy midst. Yea, if I shall be still, I shall feel the very unction of thy word. I shall feel the very presence of the resurrected Christ step in. And I should feel a change and a transformation and illumination shall begin in thee for behold I begin a new work tonight. And I tell thee this is the turning of things upside down. For I've spoken and told thee that to everything there is a season, there's a time for every purpose under the heavens, and this is my season, saith God. This is my season to move. This time, this season, is being predestined and foreordained 
foundation of the world and I set it in motion. And none can hinder. None can stop. None can slow down the very working of my spirit. And no, take hold and believe. For yea, even as I visited Joshua and Caleb and said they were of a different spirit. And I brought them forth into the kingdom. Yea, but many perished in the wilderness. Many this day shall perish in the wilderness because they will not turn loose of the old to go into the new. But I bring forth a new visitation. I bring forth a new move. I bring forth a new anointing. Yea, that the very Spirit of God shall indwell the very fullness of the Christ shall take its abode. And I shall become, yea, as I was when I was resurrected. You shall walk in the authority and the dominion of the kingdom that has never been revealed. Take hold, my people. Take hold, push the doubt, push the unbelief out of thy minds. Know that I got step in thy gifts tonight. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. And I got now hearken to your voice. You shall believe me and step forth. Confess my word, believe what I'm speaking. You shall come forth in a change and illumination. This is the day that I will no longer allow you to be conformed to this world. But I will transform thee by the renewing of thy minds. Guard thy mouths, watch thy words. Let faith be spoken, let thy word be spoken. Let thy spirit overshadow thy homes. Get my spirit in thy homes, my peoples. Go back to prayer in thy homes. Set an atmosphere of a living God in thy homes. Serve me in thy homes, saith the Lord. Then when thou comest to my house, I shall bring the working of my spirit with thee. Thou shalt not come in in deadness and lukewarmness and dryness. For this is the days of the turning of things upside down, and I will turn things upside down. Yea, from the mayor's house to the white house. Great shall be the chastening, great shall be the chastening rod of God. Hear my word. For if you hearken not the chastisement, then I, God, shall have no forth, no choice but to break forth in wrath. You do not want my wrath to be unloosed, my people. You do not want me to roar out of my place. For if I roar out of my place, I shall not be satisfied. Hear my voice, hear my voice, and know, prepare. Yeah, I've even instructed my people in times past to lay up water and food for three months. So the times of calamity hit, you'll be prepared. Hasten to prepare, for know thy great natural disasters shall rock thy nation from one end to the other. Fear shall rip hold of people's hearts, but my people shall walk in faith and confidence. They shall be still and know that I am God. Hear ye my word this day. Knowest thou that I shall come together with thy pastor in this place and pray, earnestly pray, contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I, God, 
shall break a revival out in this community and I shall fill this house. I shall fill this house with my glory. It's nothing man can do. But I will fill this house with my glory and great signs and wonders and miracles and deliverance. Yea, and my spirits will draw. Yea, for the desire of all nations is come unto me, saith the Lord. And I will touch every nation. I will touch every heart. I will touch every soul. Prepare thyself for a visitation of the heathen in thy city, in thy community. For this is the day that my spirit has turned to the Gentiles. My spirit does go forth to the heathen. And in thy own city, in thy own county, there are countless hundreds bound by the spirit of idolatry, bound by the darkness. Yea, of false gods and false religions. And I will stand up. And begin to declare the name of my holy child Jesus. My servant shall declare the name of my holy child Jesus and preach this gospel of the kingdom. And I will come forth in demonstration of the spirit and of power. I shall tear down the doctrines of men. I shall stand against the doctrines of idolatry and Buddha and Catholicism and Confucius. I shall tear it down. With great signs and wonders and miracles, I shall reveal myself and thee, my people. Hear my voice. Hear my voice. Hearken to my word. Be still up on thy knees and worship me this night. For I, God, in my mercy and my compassion, have stepped into thy midst to bring thee forth, to break the chains and the bonds of religion that's overshadowed the church in this nation. I shall break it. I shall shake it. I shall bring out of the bondage of religion those that are mine. But the great soul-saving move that shall go forth shall be among the heathen. You shall soon see workings and movings like a house of Cornelius. Some will send for thee and you shall go and preach. Yea, to those that may have basic religion, they have a basic knowledge about thee, but you shall expound and declare the very living Christ. Like God shall baptize in the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire, and I shall work great miracles as a witness. For it's time for the witness of the Christ to be made manifest in thy mortal flesh. Be still and know that I'm God and cry out. The very Christ live in thee. Cry out the very Christ to be made manifest in thy mortal flesh. Hear my word this day. Hear my word this day. For because of your petition and your seeking me, I've heard your voice. And I've answered. Go forth in my word. Go forth in the working of my spirit. Doubt not. Dare to believe. You shall behold my glory revealed. For I am God, and besides me there is no other. By my name, Jesus, I speak this word into thy midst. Hear and believe and doubt not, for I, the Lord, have spoken. Lord said a lot. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot. Just what I wrote down. Uh, on the scriptures you got, there's probably nine or ten different references, and there's probably going to be that many more. 
Uh, but I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians, the first chapter, because I'm going to tell you that much word. I don't know exactly where to, where to start. So, but the Lord had spoken to us, uh, the morning before, the first morning there. Uh, my wife and, and Sister Patty Harris, which is Brother Michael's wife, uh, they didn't go down with us. They stayed there at the house and prayed. And the Lord spoke through Sister Patty there at the house and, uh, they recorded it and I listened to it and the Lord spoke that we had entered into a new season. How many of y'all believe we've entered into a new season in God? Because these people out here don't know God. Somebody got to take Jesus to them. And I ain't just talking about getting them saved. I'm talking about letting them see a true and a living God. You know, everywhere the disciples went, they had a witness. They had a witness. Miracles happened. People knew that uh, Christ was alive, and that was the thing with my son when he went to Uganda last September. And he, he talked to all them people. He talked to one lady for 30 minutes. I think she may have been Muslim. And he said, were you ready to accept Jesus? She said, no. She said, I'm happy right where I am. He said, well, why? She said, there ain't nothing that I've seen out of your God that would make me want to serve him. In other words, there's no witness. Anybody can talk. But where's the demonstration? Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. But I came to you in demonstration. Demonstration means to put things in action. Amen? To be a witness. What is the witness of the gospel? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Did he not say in Hebrews 2 and 4 that God also bearing them witness with great signs, wonders, and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost? Everywhere the gospel of the kingdom was preached, deliverance came. Deliverance came. Healings, miracles, devils was cast out. And we've got to do the same. So it's time to petition the Lord for the true witness of the Holy Ghost. And I don't care what uh, you've been taught. I cannot stand this teaching, and I know it's going to aggravate a lot of people, but I can't stand this teaching that people tell you the evidence of the Holy Ghost being in you is speaking in tongues. That is as wrong. There ain't a scripture nowhere that tells you that the Holy Ghost being in you is evidence. It's a sign. The Bible said tongues are a sign. Didn't say there was evidence. Said they're a sign. Jesus himself said in Mark 16, And these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, In my name they're going to cast out devils. But he also said they're going to speak with new tongues. But he didn't say it was evidence. He said it was a sign. If I turn down this road here and there's a sign out there that says dead end, that's a sign that I'm probably going to run to a dead end. But until I get down here and run that dead end, there's no evidence. It's just a sign. Amen? So it's a sign that Christ may have. Come in, but it's not evidence. Don't ever let anybody tell you because the church has taken that one doctrine, made a doctrine out of it, and got people away from the true witness of Christ, which is the delivering power of God. The delivering, 
let me tell you something. When I got the Holy Ghost, and I, I, I tasted of it when I was 12, but when God put the, uh, a fuller measure of the Holy Ghost in me at 19, and I begin to preach this word, I begin to lay hands on the sick. Y'all hear me? And they begin to get healed. They begin to get well. People begin to be made whole. Did I have it in a perfection when I first started? No. But I'm going to tell you, the more I preached, the more it grew. The more the results become more perfect. Because you don't start out with a gift in perfection. You don't start out with the Spirit of Christ totally revealing itself in the fullness. you got to grow in it. you got to grow in it. I, and I tell people I started out ministering and laying hands on people. Might have had 30, 40% success rate. But now... 95 to 99, because I don't think you're ever going to have everybody, uh, because we're not going to, and the Lord, but the Lord did tell me in 81, uh, he began to use me in the gifts, and I, and the Lord took me out in the spirit, and I saw a woman in my meeting with diabetes, and some other things wrong with her body, and I went to her and called her out, laid hands on her, and she stood there awestruck that I could tell her all the diseases in her body. When I laid my hands on her, Sister Deborah, Spirit of God run through her. And God healed her. And the Lord told me, He said, if, if you would wait for me to lead you to people and show you what's in people's bodies, He said, you'd always have miracles. You'd always have deliverance. But I've always called prayer lines. You know, God used me in the gifts, but then I'd call prayer lines to pray for everybody that wanted to get prayer because... A lot of people have been healed just by me exercising faith. But the Lord let me know, if you want to do it that way, that's fine. But not everybody's going to get healed. But if I wait, waited till the Lord led me to people and revealed things, they're going to get healed. Because Jesus said, I don't do nothing except what I see my Father do. The Lord showed it to him in the Spirit. He done it. It worked. Amen. But there were many people healed when people pressed on him. Because it says when they pressed on him, virtue went out of him. Amen? Virtue went out of him. So, but, ah, we've come to a day that it's time to demonstrate. Amen? It's time to demonstrate. And I got in prayer while I was down there, and I started asking the Lord. I said, where's the people that are maturing and going to be able to demonstrate? Gonna be able to demonstrate. Cause, uh, if you don't have something to help people with, here, you can pull out that glass one more. If you don't have something to demonstrate with, the Lord's not gonna start leading you to people. You may come in contact with people, you can talk to them about the Lord, but if you ain't got demonstration, if you ain't maturing and you don't believe in a resurrected living Christ that took his abode in you, then why is the Lord going to lead you to people? Are y'all y'all hearing me? Amen. I mean, if you ain't got nothing to help people with, it, it's good to talk to them about salvation. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people need more than salvation. Most of this generation needs deliverance. And, and I've seen people all my life. And I used to do it till I learned better. But Y'all ever start talking to somebody and witness to them, talk to them about the Lord, and they start crying? God breaks their spirit. And then you say, well, come church. <laughs> come on, come on, come on church and let my pastor pray for you. Won't you lay hands on them? Why ain't you gifted and anointed of God? 
I don't want to have to say to y'all like Jesus told his disciples and they come and woke him up at the bottom of the boat and storm fixing to sink them. He looked at them and said, where's your faith? Where's your faith? We all, we all, I'm tired. I've been preaching all day and prayed for thousands. Here I am trying to get some rest and y'all in a storm and the boat's filling up with water and you come waking me up said, Lord, don't you care if we perish? Yeah, I care if you perish, but where's your faith? God's wanting something out of us. Amen. He wants something out of us. And he spoke to us when Sister Patty spoke. He spoke several things. But one thing I, I know he spoke, he spoke, said it was a new season. It was a new season. He had taken us into a new time. But he also spoke and said, I'm breaking ground. And he said he sent his spirit out throughout the earth to many nations that day. And I started praying about that, and I said, my Lord. I said, what does that mean? And what the Lord began to show me and what the Lord began to show my wife is how we, we fish and minister to all these heathen. But the Lord showed me. He said, when I said I send him a spirit out throughout the earth, he said, I'm bringing the body of Christ together all over the world. God ain't and I, I, I got in prayer and I said, I said, Lord, why is it taking so long? Why can't we break through into this baptism of the Holy Ghost? What is it? He said, when I do this, he said, I was going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Is that what God said? In Joel, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. He said, therefore, i got to get ready a body of people all over the world to receive this. He said, it's taking time. He poured the Holy Ghost out on that Pentecost in one place. One place. Now he fixed and poured out worldwide on all flesh and bring forth a body all over the world. God ain't going to do this in a corner. He ain't going to do this in a corner like he did on Pentecost. He ain't going to do this in a corner. Amen? He's doing this all over the world, getting people ready to be used of his spirit all over the world. And then he's going to do a quick work. He's going to cut it short in righteousness. God ain't going to pour this out uh, on New Testament church in L.A.J. and us have to go all over the state of Georgia and, and try to win people. God going to pour this out everywhere people are hungry, everywhere they, uh, he's revealed this kingdom. He's getting them ready. He's preparing to bring everybody together in one. Amen. One heart, one mind, one spirit. And, man, most of my prayer when I was down there, God pr- bring people together in unity. You know, Ephesians 4 said it's time to strive for the unity of the Spirit. Because there's only one Lord. There's only one faith. Amen. All this junk that's been preached, Lord, fix and put it down. They're going to be one true doctrine of Christ. But in Ephesians, the first chapter, uh, let's just go to verse 3. And he said, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Y'all see that? Lord's chosen some of y'all in him before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Ain't that amazing? I mean, ain't that amazing? At before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Before the foundation of the world was ever laid, just ever, God chose you. 
Stop and think about how blessed you are to serve a God. Now, everybody out here in the world ain't chosen. And I hear people say, well, everybody's got a purpose. No, everybody don't have a purpose. Some people are just biologically created. That's just fact of life. Man, woman come together. She going to conceive and bring forth a child. That don't mean they're chosen of God. Everybody ain't chosen of God. <clears throat> but there are people that God's chosen. Just like he spoke to Jeremiah in Jeremiah, the first chapter. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. Before I formed you in your mama's womb, I knew you before you came out between her knees. He said, I'd already ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Well, he was predestined and foreordained from the foundation of the world until that call. It was up to him whether he did it or not, but that's what God put him in the earth for. God ain't going to make you fulfill your call. He ain't going to force you. He may bring you forth on this earth for a purpose, but it's up to you to find that purpose. And it's up to you to fulfill that purpose. The Lord told me in 1989, he said, he said, I predestined for you, named you to be a son of God in these last days. He said, that's what I put you in the earth for. He said, your mama didn't have a son because she just had three girls. He said, I had a purpose for you coming forth. He said, and I told your mama what to name you. Because I used to joke with people about that scripture. And, and, and John, the first chapter, six verse, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I used to walk out there in my tent meetings and and I'd feel some old religious spirits, and I'd just start to, I said, I'm wrote about the Bible. Oh, boy, you'd feel that religious spirit stir up. I said, I'll show you where it is, and I'd go over, and, and I'd quote it and read it, and I'd say, that's me. <laughs> Man, that old religious spirit would just growl and mark, and, and what was she doing, brother? I'd do my best to run them off. Well, you didn't want to help them? They didn't come for help. They didn't want help. You can't help folks who don't want help. They just come stir up a stink. You know, we used to say there's, there, there's people that come. To, uh, a lot of times we have tent revivals. The Tater family would show up. You say, what? Yeah, you had imitator, agitator, spectator. <laughs> We'd have some of all of them. Because some of them imitate, some of them agitate, and some just come spectate. <laughs> So we had Tater family show up, and a lot of them. And if I had a, if I had a imitator, and especially an agitator, I said, "Well, I, I, I'm a man sent from God. My name's John." I said, "That's me." And usually that'd run them off. But the Lord told me, He said, "You quit joking about that." He said, "Cause I told you, Mama, what to name you, and you are a man sent from God, and your name is John, and it's for a purpose." Y'all hear me? That's reading. That's what our our, our website's name, Man Sent from God. Man sent from God. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God put me on this earth to fill a calling. But he said right here in verse 4, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. That should not read like that. They changed that. That should be the adoption of sons. There's a difference between a child and a son. A child is somebody that receives salvation. A son is somebody that puts on Christ. Amen. So the adoption is for the sonship. Hallelujah. And I don't, 
I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other hour and a half or two hour teaching. But having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So, we've been predestined. We've been foreordained. we got a purpose. And then you go over to verse 10. And it says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in the heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So we've come to that dispensation. This is the dispensation where the Lord's gathering everything together. Everything that hadn't been revealed, everything that ain't been brought together, everything that hadn't been fulfilled and clarified, this is the dispensation. He's going to bring it forth. And we all going to come together in one. We're going to come together in him. For his truths to be revealed, for the gospel of the kingdom to be declared. Hadn't you ever read in the Bible uh, where it talked about, and this was what Isaiah spoke. This was the fulfilling of Isaiah the prophet. Or this was the word of the Lord spoken by such and such a prophet. And this fulfilled it. Well, the Lord showed me several years back that there's things that the prophets spoke, but they come to pass in part. They came to pass in part. Let's go to Isaiah 60. I believe that's where I want to go for Isaiah 61. I can't never keep. All right, 61. This is why I'm hoping we... We'll get our sound finished on our YouTube channel because I need to sit down and start teaching. People need to be taught. Amen. Did I get a good amen? amen. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I'm in Isaiah 61 and 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive in the open of the prisons to them that are bound to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In Luke 4, Jesus went into the temple after 40 days of fasting. The Bible said he returned. Luke 4.14 said he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Luke 4.18, he went in. They delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened up and he read it, and he read it to right there. He read it to right there to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he stopped. Okay? And the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all to mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the earnest of the praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness in the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. All that had to be fulfilled at a later date. Because when Jesus finished that and he said to declare the acceptable year of the Lord, he looked at him and said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Did he not? Did he not say? So he fulfilled that much, but the rest of it is going to be fulfilled in our day. The rest of it is going to be fulfilled. And there's many places in the scriptures that a prophecy was spoken that has been fulfilled in part. Amen. Did Paul not say in 1 Corinthians 13, I believe it's verse 6, it might be a little further down, but he said, you know in part, you understand in part, you prophesy in part. 
Well, the Word of God's been fulfilled in part until that which is perfect is come or that which is mature or complete in Christ. Look the word perfect up. It means mature and complete in Christ or in God's will. We have come to the place of perfection that God wants to complete His Word and His work in the moving of His Spirit in us to totally fulfill His Word. Amen? He's counting on us. We're the vessels that God is calling forth in this last days to bring forth the fullness of His Word living in man, to bring a body of Christ. He ain't going to do this in one one man again. He's doing this all over the world. He's the head of His body. Amen. Did he not tell us we are many members but one body? For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. First Corinthians 12. He said by one spirit. You're all baptized into one body. And then he goes on and says, all of you ain't the ear. If all of was the ear, where's the nose? If you was the nose, where's the feet? Everybody don't need what God put in me. You need what God's called you to do. You need to find your purpose in God. Because if you're called and chosen of God, you're predestined and foreordained to find your place. To find your place. We don't need to be dragging around here half a body. Y'all try to get out of bed of a morning, your legs is over here and your arms is over here and your head sitting over yonder. Y'all have a hard time getting it together. Well, that's the way the body of Christ is right now. That's the reason ain't nothing happening. But if we can get things together, working together, being led of the Spirit of God, being predestined according to His will and coming together, because we have given ourselves to the Lord, we presented our bodies a living sacrifice, and the Lord is teaching us where our place is, and you won't have to try to gather everything together every day. Get up and get something done. Amen. And I don't care who you are, when you go do something, most times you get a mental picture before you ever do it. Do you not? You think? You get up in the morning, you think, well, I'm going to go brush my teeth or I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. It's a mental thought that processes and you put it in action. Well, if we get ourselves together in the Spirit, everything God wants us to do, He'll give us that mental process. And we'll be led by the Spirit, and everybody be of one mind, one purpose, one accord. We'll have the same mind, speak the same judgment, and believe the same things. Because the Holy Ghost ain't going to tell me one thing, tell you something else. Not going to do it. Because if I believe the Word, and you believe the Word, and the Spirit quickens the Word in you, we're all going to believe the same thing. That's the reason there should be no division and no schism in the body. Amen. Amen. Body can't be divided. Just what I said. Uh, you get out of bed in the morning and insist Deborah to go do something and your feet flum across the room, you ain't going very far. That's being divided. That's schism. That's division. And the Lord says, it's time to get the division and the schism out of the body and come together in same mind, same judgment, speak same thing. And I and, and I don't want people running around saying, well, I'm a brother matter, or I'm a this brother, or I'm a that brother. Paul said we're laborers together. But there's got to be a unity of the Spirit. And if we start 
let the Spirit get in us and bear witness in us and coming forth in us, then we all going to have that same mind. We're going to have the same judgment. We're all going to speak the same thing. And we ain't going to be divided. Amen? And the Lord spoke beginning in that prophecy. And the very thing He spoke was out of Isaiah 29. And He said, this is the turning of things upside down. Well, over the last two or three years, you go back and look at the prophecies, and I gave you all a copy of the prophecies. It was a comparison, and I went to prophecies over two or three years, and I pulled out the things that God had spoken in every prophecy and gave them to you. And there's things God spoke in them prophecies that he spoke in a half dozen prophecies. But one of the things God spoke in several different prophecies were coming to the turning of things upside down. Amen. Well, the minister down there where we were, the Lord had just spoken to him. He said, Brother Metter, he said, Lord spoke to me the other day. said, Behold, I proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder. That means you ain't going to believe it, the old man told you. I said, that was after that prophecy came forth. I said, that's right in there in the same scripture. He said, really? I said, yeah, and, I, and right here, look what it says. Isaiah 29 and 14, therefore behold... I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent man shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in dark, and they say, Who seeth us? Who knoweth us? Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay, for shall the work say unto him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing form say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? So right there, two verses apart, what God spoke to me and what God spoke to him. We are moving in the day that there is going to be a work begun and has begun that people ain't going to believe it, though you tell them. I'm telling y'all, we're entering into Book of Acts, move of the Holy Ghost, uh, and we are going to see hundreds and thousands saved in one service. If I can go to India and preach to 30, 40, and 50,000, and I can have signs, wonders, and miracles, and then give an altar call for people to accept Christ, and I can have 15, 20,000, I can have half, three quarters of the crowd come up, why can't we see this in America? Well, the reason we ain't seeing it is there's no demonstration and no witness that there's a living Christ. People are bound in dead religion. Don't you know the letter killed, but it's the Spirit that maketh alive. The Spirit's got to quicken the Word. He's got to quicken the, the Word in you, and, and the Spirit's got to bear witness that He's a living Christ. When Jesus spoke in, in John 6, and he said, I am that true word. I am that true bread that comes down out of heaven. He preached that whole chapter 6. And then he got over there and said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But people don't take the living word. They don't, they don't believe. Because people are just bound in religion. They go to church out of obligation. They serve God out of obligation. Some people grew up in church and they go to church because what mom and daddy does. They never seek God. They never pray. They never desire depth in God. They never desire relationship with God. They just go to church because it's what this race is doing. There's got to be a reality. 
There's got to be a reality. And for God to do this, he got to turn things upside down. He got to turn things upside down. What did, what did they say in Acts? And I, I went on down here and put it, uh, the bottom of the first page, Acts 17. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren into the rulers of the city, saying, these that have turned the world upside down are come unto us also. There's got to be a turning of things upside down. There's got to be signs. There's got to be deliverance. There's got to be miracles. I mean, Paul and them went and preached whole cities that turn out. Whole cities that turn out. And, and that speak to the sick, the lame, the deaf, the dumb. Amen. Are y'all with me? So, all right, let me ask you, who's going to do this? We've got to have the ability. We've got to be in that place. It ain't you. It's going to be the Christ flowing through you. But are you in the place Christ can flow through you? Something's stopping the move of God. Something's stopping this witness. Something's stopping this gener- uh, demonstration. Something's stopping it. And I'm going to tell you something. It ain't God's fault. It ain't God's fault. Because he keeps telling us, I'm bringing you to that place. I'm bringing you to that place. I am preparing this. I'm getting this ready. And the Lord just ain't going to pick you up and set you out on the street. Start raising the dead. You got to start being used of the Spirit of God. That's the reason I tell people the church is the place. The church is the place to start being moved in the gifts. It's the place to ask questions. It's the place to learn. And you rest assured one thing: if you got questions, if I don't have answers, I'll get you answers. Because this is where you need to learn. This is where you need to be edified. This is where you need, call it practice, call it whatever. But let me tell you something. If you can't do it here, you sure ain't going to do it out there. If you can't do it here in a safe environment where I can govern and watch over you and teach you how to move forward, you sure ain't going to walk out there among all them devils and all them forces of hell and stand up boldly and declare the name of Jesus and speak to a lame man sitting on the corner. It ain't going to happen. You're going to have to have some edifying. That's the reason God puts you in the church. Right. Well, I don't need to go to church. I am church. You ain't no such thing. You're part of the church. Right. I am the body of Christ. No, you ain't. You're a member. Right. You're a member. You ain't the church. You ain't the, you ain't the body of Christ. You're a member. Right. You're a member. Right. You're a finger. Right. You're an ear. You're a toe. Amen. And your toe ain't going to go out here and do nothing. Not without the rest of the body. (laughs) But see, religion's got people divided. Religion's got all this garbage in people. I was talking to a man one day. He said, I don't have to go to church. I'm in church. I said, you ain't no such thing. Bible tells me I'm in church. I said, don't do no such thing. It says you're a member of the body of Christ. You're part of the church. I said, if you're part of the church and you ain't in your place, I said, then you're taken away from the church. You're breaking God's word. I said, if you don't find your place, God's going to put somebody in your place. Because I'm going to tell you something. This thing's predestined for day. The Lord said in his word, he said, I'm not a man that I should lie, the son of man that I should repent. He said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? So when God gets ready to move and God ain't got no more time to waste, and you ain't in your place, God will put somebody in your place, because he's going to fulfill his word in the time appointed. Y'all know God's word has an appointed time? Y'all know that? Go with me to Luke. Boy, it may take me a month to preach this, the words of this prophecy. <laughs> That'd be all right too, won't it? Let's go to Luke. I think it's the first chapter. 
Y'all bear with me. I'll have to find it because I sure don't have it marked. Okay. All right. When you look at Luke, the first chapter, uh, we, we see how that Zechariah was in the temple. He was in the priesthood. He was performing whatever duties he had in the priesthood. He wasn't a high priest, but he was a member of the priesthood. And he had duties. I don't know if it was incense, but anyway, he had duties. But if you go to verse uh, 11, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So he may have been one to take care of the incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell on him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. See, the angel told him what to name him. The angel told Mary what to name Jesus. Amen? They shall have joy, and I'm in verse 14, in gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord thy God, and they shall go before them, go before him in the spirit and power of Elias or Elijah, to turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What the Lord's doing right now is trying to make a people ready. He's trying to get us ready. How many times has God spoke to us to prepare ourselves and to be ready for the working of the Spirit? And we go out, time we get out the door, we done forgot what the Word of the Lord said. Go all week working, doing everything we got to do. Don't pick up the prophecies, don't pick up the Bible, don't pray, don't study the Word. Let me tell you something, I done listened to this prophecy probably eight or ten times. Probably listened to it two or three more times. Write it down, and I apply it to my, every time God speaks, I apply the Word of God to my life. Because this is God's roadmap to take us where He wants to take us right now. And if you don't, I'm sorry, y'all better quit following them faulty GPSs. <laughs> better get you a God position in satellite. <laughs> Amen? So let me see where I'm at. Uh, Verse 18, Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife was stricken in years. Here's an old man, his wife was stricken in years, probably like Sarah, doesn't cease to be with that man or women, her womb doesn't shut up. Him, an old man, probably impotent. And he said, How am I going to know this? I'm an old man. My wife's well stricken in years. How's God going to do this? How are we going to have a son? How are we going to... Man, you better start some explaining. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many of y'all, but when I was little, we used to, uh, every now and then we'd get a chance. We didn't have a TV, but if we was around neighbors or something, we'd get a chance to see I Love Lucy. As he'd come in, and Lucy done done some crazy thing, and he'd say, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> I think Zachariah looking at that angel said, man, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> Here I am, an old man, well stricken in years, my wife. The angel answered and said unto him, verse 19, I'm Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day 
that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. The word of the Lord has a season. When you come in that season, God speaks that word, He'll, he'll bring it to pass. Whether you do it or whether you get in on it or not. God ain't gonna hold up His word because people can't be moved or people don't want to do this, don't want to do that. Lord fix to start replacing people. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We're either going to get in, find the mind and will of God, and we're going to get a hold of what God called us to do. Because Lord ain't waiting till you make up your mind to be the caboose. You better find out where you belong. Am I making sense? It's time to find the mind and will of God. What else on this earth, if you're hearing this word and you know you got a purpose, what what are you laboring for? Ain't nothing else going to matter. No matter what you achieve on this earth, you miss the will of God and the mind of God and the call of God on your life. You, you just missed it. I ain't saying you won't go to heaven, but you won't you won't possess the kingdom of heaven. I don't care one thing about going to heaven. I want to possess the kingdom of heaven. I want the kingdom of heaven. I want Christ in here. If I got Christ in here, I ain't going to have to worry about getting up there. Amen? But so many people, all they've ever been taught is go to heaven, go to heaven, go to heaven. All you gospel songs talk about going to heaven. I ain't interested in no mansion to go. All that stuff's carnality. Amen? It's all carnal. I ain't worried about walking down streets of gold living. And you don't have to build my mansion next door to Jesus. <laughs> And you don't have to tell the angels I'm coming on home. I get the fullness of Christ in me. I'll tell the angels. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, he's saying right here, the word of the Lord has to be fulfilled in its season. When God speaks the word, it's got a season. There's words God can speak, and they'll be in season. And a few years down the road, they're out of season, a few months. And then there's words God spoke, may not come in season for 2,500, 3,000 years. Because there's still there's words of God spoken that ain't come season yet. Because when they come season, they're going to come to fruition. Let me tell you something. I, I planted some peach trees last year. They got some blooms on them in the spring. And now I got little big peaches on some of them. They ain't going to produce a lot because they ain't about that tall. But they put on peaches. Why? They're following the pattern. They come, they come to fruition. Now they're putting on fruit. That's the way God's word is when it's spoken and it's the season of that word that it's going to start bringing forth fruit. And you got to be in the place that God can bring forth fruit in you. Am I making sense? So we can, well, this ain't no time to tarry. This ain't no time to tarry at all because we have entered in to the turning of things upside down. And what's going to turn things upside down is the mighty hand of God doing miracles, doing signs, doing wonders. What did he go on and say? Right there, he said, he said that in that day, the lame's going to leap as a heart. The blind's going to see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The deaf's going to hear the words of the book. Went on in Isaiah 35, said the same thing. So see, you start tying all these scriptures together. We've entered into a move of God that God's waiting on us. Amen. He's waiting on us. And, you know, every day I ask the Lord to order my steps, direct my path. Order my steps in your word. 
Because I want to be the vessel that God can use. But Brother Donald, if I get up and I get my mind on things in the natural and I just start doing everything I feel like I need to do, I mean, it's going to come now, 9 o'clock at night before it gets dark, before it starts slowing down, and I ain't giving the Lord the time I need to give Him. Ain't waited on it. Ain't sought His will. I don't want to be that way. That's the way the world is. I'm not of this world. I might be in this world, but I ain't of this world. Amen? I've been separated. I've been separated. And I tell my wife all the time, I said, I'm glad I don't think like people in this world. Because if I thought like people in this world, I'd be doing what they're doing. I don't want to do what they're doing. I've been there. There ain't no future in it. So let's believe God that He's brought us to the place of the turning of things upside down. And when He turned things upside down in the book of Acts, then men came to the city, Paul and Silas, and they had great signs, great wonders, great miracles, great deliverance. And they got mad at them. Why would you get mad at somebody that opened blind eyes, healed the lame, cast out devils, same reason they got mad at Jesus. It threatened the power structure. I mean, there's one place Paul went, and they gathered people together against him. They believed in Diana, and the Bible says for two whole hours they stood and, and, and screamed. All the city come together and said the most part of them didn't even know why they'd come together, and they stood there and screamed for two hours, great is the goddess Diana. Great is the goddess Diana. You know Why? Paul was turning people from idolatry and all them guys making them silver statues and building all them idols like Demetrius. I mean, they were losing money. They, they were. They were silversmiths. They were losing money. And they didn't want to lose that money. So they started demonstrating against what Paul was preaching. Got the whole city in an uproar. Amen. You find you start stepping out there. God starts moving. You're going to find it's going to be the religious leaders. Gonna come against you. They ain't gonna be sinners. For the most part, sinners are gonna receive you. People that are idolaters are gonna receive you. Gonna be Christians. Said so, brother, you hide and watch. You start coming against all these doctrines. You start tearing down all these things that isn't true doctrine, and it's gonna upset folks. But I remember right here. Go back on the YouTube page and look at it. Right here, the day before the eclipse, we was getting ready to dismiss. And the Spirit of the Lord hit me, and God began to speak in prophecy. He said, as that eclipse come in, he said, and that sun started going dark, he said, I'm going to blot out men's doctrines and traditions. He said, and the teachings that ain't right, he said, and it goes out the other side, he said, I'm going to start bringing in a new move of my spirit, new doctrine, new tradition, and... We've seen it happen. We've seen God start bringing revelation to the Word, opening our understanding of things, and getting us ready for going forth in the Holy Ghost. So, this thing ain't being done in the corner. God said, when I do it this time, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Everywhere. Everywhere. He said, I'm going to pour it out. People being made ready everywhere. May just be a handful like us. There may be 15, 20 places in Georgia where there's hands full like us. Maybe 15 or, uh, you know, groups 15 or 20 in Germany, Korea, China, India. There are people believe in India because I preach to them. 
Amen. I preached to them, had them pray with me. There's three people all across Canada that I've got them to come in in years past because I used to go to Canada a lot. I had my own nonprofit corporation founded in Canada until uh, I took a stand for righteousness and started coming against a bunch of fornicating preachers and wouldn't cooperate with them. And then they, the, the people up there that was taking care of them dissolved it. But I had a nonprofit corporation set in Canada because when I went up there in 86, man, you talking about miracles, revival, and we formed a, we formed a nonprofit corporation up there because the Lord took me in a vision when I was up there and I stand in a wheat field, wheat up to here. I mean, and I turned and looked, Brother Brian, in every direction, just as far as the eye could see. I mean, miles and miles of wheat up to here with nobody else in that field. Nobody else was in that field. And God said, I'll give you this nation for a great harvest. I'll have great revivals in Canada. As God opens that door and God brings it in, I'll have great revivals in Canada. Because I, I went to Canada in the 80s through the 90s. Uh, and last time I was in Canada in, in what, 2015, we went up there. Went up there in May of 2015. And we started in a lady's church up there. And three days after we started in that church up there, they had to move us to a high school gymnasium. People just kept coming, kept coming. God kept working miracles, kept working miracles and delivering people and healing them and, and moving. Because I went in there with a word, but God started laying the hammer down on sin. And I remember one night I was preaching, and, and I started out like this. And I said, now, it might be all right with your government. And I was preaching among the Indians. And I said, it might be all right with y'all's customs for y'all to live together common law. I said, but it ain't all right with God. And buddy, I started laying that hammer down on that. And there was a young man in that meeting that had preached. His wife had died. He had got discouraged and give up on God. And he was with a lady and they had had a baby together and they were not married. And when that word started coming down, he hit that altar and repented. And he went to his pastor and he told, he said, he said, we won't get married. And I think a month after I left, they got married. Cause she told him, said, you ain't preaching as long as you're doing this. I mean, this come in church. But you can't keep part of God's word you want to. You gotta keep the whole word of God. Amen. You gotta keep the whole word. So we are coming into that turning the things upside down. And they've asked me several times, Brother Metter, please come back and preach to us. I said, God speaks to me, I'll be back. Because I don't just up and go. You know, I'm not one because you uh have a traditional meeting at the same time every year. I don't work on tradition. I work by the leadership of the Spirit. Amen. I don't have traditional meetings. The only time I ever had a traditional, what they call a traditional meeting, I had the same time every year. The Lord spoke to me in 97, start having a minister's meeting in April. And try to get ministers together because April is the first day of the new year according to the Jewish calendar. And I used to get people together. I used to try to get ministers together. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Ain't no unity. Ain't no, but I'm going to tell you something. God doing this, they're going to be unity. They're going to be unity. God is, is pouring out the Holy Ghost like he did on the Pentecost. He's reestablishing the foundation of the church and you will see Holy prophets and apostles like Paul and Peter 
and James and John and, and prophets like Elijah, Moses, and Elisha, they will step on the scene because we got to have order. We've got to have definitive leadership because there is no definitive leadership in the body of Christ. Everybody doing their own thing. Got to change. I'm going to tell you, let a man like Paul step on the scene. Let a man like Peter step on the scene begin to declare the word. Let a man like Moses step on the scene. He's going to get folks' attention. There's something got to get God's people's attention. They got to be, they got to be led back to the right foundation. Amen. We got to be led, and, and there's got to, churches got to come together. Ministers got to come together. Because let me tell you something, them ain't, them ain't your people. Them's God's people. Them ain't your people. As much as I love y'all, y'all ain't my people. Y'all God's people. Y'all belong to God. God may have put me over you, but, Y'all belong to God. Y'all don't belong to me. I'll fight for you like you're mine, but you still belong to God. Amen. And I don't feel like I need to go any further. Oh, I appreciate y'all listening for this last 15, 20 minutes or however long I've exhorted. The Lord's talked to us, and I'll try to get the rest of this together this week. Oh, it's just we just been, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, was in meeting down there Saturday. We... Uh, we had to have a board meeting of our corporation and then turn around and come up here and I just, just hadn't had time to pull it all together. But did you upload this prophecy? Okay. Okay. This is on sermon.net. Go listen to it and make yourself some notes. Study. Study. Cause this is the word of the Lord to God's people this time. You know, I don't look at services like that. I don't know. Well, brother, that's a good message. I said, no, that ain't a good message. That's the word of the Lord and God's people. That's what God's people need to be doing. That's what you need to be putting your hand to. This ain't no good message. As a matter of fact, I just told somebody that. They said, oh, because I just preached on the kingdom. I think we went up uh Tennessee Friday night a week ago when I preached up there. And somebody come to me and said, man, that was a good message. I said, ain't no good message. I said, I don't preach good messages. I said, that's the word of the Lord to God's people. Amen. That's the word of the Lord to God's people. Probably. Yeah. I said, that's the word of the Lord to God's people. That's what people need to know is the kingdom of God. Because what nothing else preached, Jesus didn't preach anything else. Apostles didn't preach anything else. Amen. Ain't nothing else going to be preached in this time for a witness except the kingdom. And we got to come to that place. We got that witness of Christ in us. How many of y'all appreciate this word today? Amen. So let's take hold of it and let's move forward. Amen. Let's move forward in what God's doing. Because I don't want you coming to the place that you run into somebody on the street that needs help. And you can't help them. That's a bad feeling. That you run into people and they need help and you ain't. Yeah. And it'd be because you hadn't applied yourself. It's one thing running somebody and you hadn't been able to grow in God enough because it's not God's time. That's another thing running into them. You've been slack. You ain't done what you need to do. And that'd make you feel real bad. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody I come in contact with, I weigh it out whether I'm supposed to help them or not. It's just, Deborah, if I don't feel like I've reached that place that I can help them, it makes me dig. Because this is my life. 
Amen. This is my life. This is purpose.